and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing, Seth? I'm good. All right. We're starting a little bit early today, an hour early, set as an obligation later on. So, uh, But uh, otherwise, we still have a good eye war, so nothing, nothing's going to change too much on the show. Uh, or maybe a fewer people who's going to be watching live. So if you guys have any questions, put in, in the comments right now. When you have a better chance of us getting to them, uh, you can put them down right now with a question in capitalize so that uh, it's easier for us to find out. So this week's episode of the Electric Podcast is also brought to you by Electrify America, the largest fast public fast charging network for electric vehicles in the U.S. We're going to have a little bit more to say about them later on the show, but thanks, Electrify America sponsoring the podcast uh we're gonna start off this week this week is gonna be a bit different of the show though because uh, not a lot of tesla news there was a lot of other vehicles other companies monopolizing the um well i guess not monopolizing because they're it's spread out between a bunch of other companies but normally it's tesla who monopolized the uh, ev news scene but now this week there was a bunch of stuff and uh, first of all just uh, earlier today we announced our 2021 uh, vehicle of the year and it's none other than the Rivian R1T electric pickup truck. Uh, so this this is officially now um, the first electric pickup truck to be delivered to customers in the um, in, in the North American market, or I mean anywhere. Like I, I know there's other like people that say, oh, "Is this pickup truck? This is pickup truck?" There's a bunch of like commercial uh, pickup truck that are used for like fleet uh, purposes that are like put together uh, retrofitted with the energy powertrain there's some chinese like uh, super cheap pickup truck with uh, small battery packs and uh, mica has of course taken delivery of one is made a post <laughs> on the electric we're talking here about a fully like commercialized electric pickup truck that can compete with other pickup truck in their segment and that's what the warranty is, and it's a, even a little bit more than that because it's a, it's a very complete vehicle that uh, has all the latest technology in it, has a fairly efficient powertrain for for the size of the vehicle and the the kind of labor that it can do, and um, it's uh, it, it, it it's hitting the mark on pretty much everything that you need for a first generation electric pickup truck. What do you think, Seth? Yeah, even beyond that, like mm-hmm. it kind of feels like. Uh, I don't want to say they hit it out of the park on this one, but like, what is, you know, what are the major complaints? Like I've, I've kind of just been hanging out in the, the comments and, you know, besides the regular, you know, the regular trolls yelling vaporware or whatever, there's not a lot of, uh, things to complain about. Um, you know, one obviously is the weight. it's electric. It's going to have a huge battery. Um, some people are concerned about mudding, uh, you know, getting stuck in the mud, whatever. Um, there's, you know, not too much to complain about the, you know, the, the software was a little slow. Uh, the mapping software was a little slow when we drove it, but that's going to get fixed and software updates. Um, just kind of like amazing first, first try for Rivian. And, you know, we've driven, uh, both you and I have, uh, driven like kind of first tries from, uh, you know, startups and oftentimes like, you know, you close the door and it sounds like, you know, it's going to fall apart or the software is like rebooting, you know, we'll have the CEO in the, in the car and he'll be like, Oh my gosh, that worked. I'm, you know, I can't believe. Uh, so, uh, this thing is really, really, uh, kind of, uh, 
the fit and finish is really nice. Like more like a an established automaker. At least the ones we drove. We'll see how the the deliveries go. What else are we? I mean, like it's it's hard to like. There's so many things about this car that are are you know pretty amazing. It, it'll charge at uh, 210 kilowatts. It's got a huge frunk. Um, we're you know for the people watching live, we're we're kind of looking at uh, the video we did. Um, it's got, you know, a flashlight in the door. It's got the Bluetooth speaker. It's got a super nice interior, like probably one of the best interiors I've ever sat in. Um, you know, (laughs) zero to 60 in three seconds. So you're going to beat all but the fastest electric cars, like, you know, just pulling up to anything, anywhere, you're going to probably beat them off the line. Um, and you know, going off road, this thing goes where no other car vehicle will go, um, at least a production vehicle. So, like, it's kind of the best of all the worlds. There's nothing really to complain about. Yeah, they they nailed both the pickup side of things and the electric vehicle side of things, and and just put right. them together. And no no one has done that uh, yet. Uh, of course, today we just announced that uh, GM just announced that they started delivery of the uh, Hummer. EV pickup truck. So there's actually like within a few months, there's actually two electric pickup trucks now being delivered to customer in the U.S. market, which is which is awesome, and it's going to grow fast from there. But uh, they, they're not exactly in the same category. They, they're both expensive for sure. But the, the Hummer, the the way that GM is approaching things with the uh, uh, edition one, it's called the first one, a hundred and twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it's going to be still a few years before you get an eighty thousand dollar version. Uh, Rivian is still expensive vehicle, the R1T, but it, it's already like uh, getting delivered at, at the price closer to the base version of the uh, Armor EV. So it's not accessible to to anyone, everyone yet. But if you look at the pickup market period, not not just electric one right now, it's super hard to get your hands on one to start with. The demand is strong versus the supply, and uh, people are jacking up the prices too. The dealerships are jacking up the prices on all the all the pickup trucks. So. It's uh, it, it's not completely out of uh, out of range for pickup truck buyers right now, and it's if you looked at it, it, it fulfills a lot of your needs. The I, I guess the biggest complaint I see right now is um, if you're someone who who plans to use it as a as a work vehicle and you do plan to carry loads with it uh, or tow uh, some some heavy trailers with it, yes, the 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 efficiency goes down and your range goes down too. Um, but for the most part, it's something that you can work around it. And everyone knows that's also the case with a gas port vehicle. Maybe you do start with a little bit more range to start with so that uh, it affects it less. But you know where it doesn't affect it less? It doesn't affect it less on your on, on your wallet because it, it, it affects the efficiency the same way. So it, it affects the gas consumption the same way with the gas prices right now. You have to take that into account. It's super expensive to tow with a, a pickup truck right now. Uh, with the Rivian, it's it's uh, it's super cheap, really, uh, depending on where you get your electricity. But it's a uh, it's really a game changing vehicle, like you said in the post here, and it's it comes at the right time uh, to, and it's critical to accelerate the um, adoption of electric vehicle in the U.S. just because how popular the, the pickup truck segment is uh, in North America. Like if you if you don't have electric options in that segment you you won't have any significant adoption of electric vehicles you, ju- you just won't but no what's interesting now too with uh with rivian is that uh they went public recently they went public just last month 
And uh, we reported how happy we were about that because it was a giant IPO that brought them $13 billion. And that's money that's going to go toward accelerating electric vehicle production in the U.S., which is uh, badly needed. But at the same time, what it did, too, is like it, it made Rivian a lot more transparent for the last thing. When was Rivian funded? Like 2009, I want to say. So, so for more than a decade, they've been, they've been a private company and they spend most of that time in uh, stealth mode. And even as a private company out of stealth mode, most recently, we, it was kind of opaque in terms of the information we're getting. Now, as a public company, they have to do quarterly reports and we get a lot more information about what's happening. And uh, yesterday, last night, was their first earnings report. And we we uh, learned a ton about the company's current state. Um, one of the big, also more consumer-oriented headline was that they confirmed that they actually already started deliveries of the R1S, the SUV version of the R1T. Uh, well, I mean, it's different vehicles. But it's, the CEO and the CFO, but, you know. Yeah, they, they, they were delivered. The two units were delivered to um, to employees, executive, really. So it's not... But the same thing happened with the R1T. We'll take it. Yeah, it's it, it's already in production. They already produced a few, and they already delivered a few, even if it's internally. But the car, the, the R1T has been delivered to, uh, I mean, a few, uh, maybe not a few hundreds, uh, but they delivered three hundred or something. Um, I don't know how many of those went to cost to actual customers that are not employees, because Rivian has plenty of employees, and I'm sure are also reservation holders. But we did get a much better look into the the, the financials on the financial side. The thing. So this this uh, reports was for the third quarter ended in September 30th. So it, it's been a little while, and that was pre-IPO too. So it's um, the the financials are not reflecting exactly the current state of the company, but they did give us some update dating December 15, so that we uh, we get a better idea of uh, the current state of the company. Uh, so in in uh, Q3. They had a million dollars in revenue, so they did deliver a few R1T uh, in September, not not a lot, uh, and uh, they lost eighty two million on that million dollar in revenue. Uh, so that's a lot of loss. It cost them eighty two million dollars to produce those few pickup trucks that brought them a million dollars. That's to be expected early in a production ramp, especially in the kind of production ramp that uh, uh, Riven is uh, attempting to achieve, where you you already have a a, a kind of a big factory running, producing a few cars by hand, basically. So until they can automate more parts of the production process, those vehicles are going to be worth a ton of, not worth, I should say, uh, cost a lot of money to to be made. Like it's still worth whatever they're selling them for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's not like, because those customers that they can deliver right now, they could like literally say, my car cost a million dollars to make and I bought them for a hundred thousand. That would be like <laughs> technically true, but uh, like try to sell it for a million dollars. Good luck. In terms of the the financials aspect to it, like so, eighty two million dollars was just the negative gross margin on on the um, on selling those vehicles. But there's also a ton of operating expenses going on um, with, uh, with 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 uh, Rivian's operations. And uh, overall, the net loss for the last quarter was one point two billion dollars, which uh, sounds like a lot because it is a lot. But you have to put it in perspective. So at the end of last quarter, Riven also had $8 billion in uh, uh, in cash. So they, they can literally have, a th- at that current burn rate, they can last more than a year. But that's also was pre-IPO. So the $13 billion that they got from the IPO wasn't counted in that. So they're probably sitting closer to $20 billion right now. 
which is, which is a lot of money and it's uh, at the current burn rate, it, it would last long. However, I think the burn rate is going to increase because they, they, they're attempting to produce more cars right now um, and, and that's going to cost them a lot more money. So you, you can expect them to burn a lot more cash in Q4, probably even more in Q1 too. Um, but they have the money right now to sustain them uh, until they expect to achieve a production ramp up and eventually become financially uh, sustainable. Uh, there was some bad news though in the in, in the report. Uh, the main one being uh, the the ad guided a production of one thousand two hundred vehicles in twenty twenty one, which which was kind of kind of ambitious for like your first vehicle. And you, in twenty twenty one, they only through September to uh, September to. Um, to December, they could produce those cars. Now they say that they expect to miss that target by a few hundred vehicles. Um, so it's it's a significant miss, but uh, it, it's still it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's gonna it's gonna make your their Q4 look bad for sure on paper. But uh, on the good news side, the demand is extremely strong for the vehicle. Uh, they said that by the end of the quarter, so September 30th, they had 48,000 reservation. And by December 15th, so over a very short period of time since they started deliveries, now they had 71,000 reservations. So they, they grew the reservation by almost 50% over the space of two months, uh, which is which is very impressive. And it shows that the, the delivery of the vehicle were very successful. Like the fact that they started the delivery, they had the first mover advantage and people are like considering more. Also, it might not sound like much if you compare them to like Ford having two hundred thousand reservation for the Lightning and Tesla having a million reservation for the Cybertruck. But uh, Tesla requires uh, Tesla and Ford required a hundred dollar deposit, and production is still about a year away for those vehicles. So maybe less so for the Ford, but uh, it, it's it's easier of a commitment to make for people to just drop a hundred bucks and um, and and hope to get a car in a year or two. In Rivian. Also, I don't want to, I, I don't want to toot my horn or the other uh, journalists that covered the Rivian uh, too hard, but um, you know those reviews came out in September, like the the drives. So you know, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, were kind of waiting to see what actually driving a Rivian was like. You know, even if they would get that far, um, and you know, after driving one real like it, it's like i didn't even wait till the, the weekend was over to make an order because mm-hmm. i knew like as soon as people saw saw how great it was they'd be ordering so hopefully i'm closer to the- and how much did it cost also the deposit to order uh, it's a thousand bucks a thousand bucks yeah. so so that's a much bigger commitment sure. than a hundred bucks too. yeah yeah um so i think yeah and and you know if you're buying a vehicle like it's it's so much different um buying a vehicle that you know, you're going to have to wait a year for and put a ton of money down on or versus something like, you know, you go to a, a lot and you pick one up. I, I, I hate when electric cars that are, you know, you have to order ahead of time are put up against, well, you know, there's like a million F-150s sold a year. Well, they're making a million and they're all over the place. It's really easy to, to buy one. It's not the same thing at all. You know, yeah. you need an apples to apples comparison. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, no, I mean Rivian right now is is, is sitting pretty with, with, with what's happening. Is just uh, like the, a lot of people who invested in the company now are kind of frustrated because they lost ten percent today following the the, the earnings report. It, it, it dipped below a hundred dollars, which is lower than the IPO. So 
people who were pre-IPO made some money, but uh, people that invested publicly, so the the average uh, average investor, are losing money on the on the thing right now. And that's kind of what I said early on when the when the IPO started, and people started asking us like what what we think of the valuation and everything. Where I, I'm, my point was, I don't, I, I think long term it's not really overvalued, but I think people are gonna get once the earnings reports start coming in and people see how much money they're burning through, uh, and and that the expectation to become financially sustainable becomes more realistic, which is probably like a few years out still. Uh, it, it's it, it might cool thing down. So I still haven't invested in Rivian. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I, I think the price is more attractive right now for sure. But I'm still thinking that the next earning report early next year for Q4, uh, where I would expect Rivian to lose probably two, maybe two and a half billion dollars in a quarter. Uh, would would could could make it more attractive at that point of the price. Uh, I still think though that they're gonna I agree. that they're gonna be they're gonna be okay long term. It's just that they're gonna burn through a lot of that twenty billion dollars that they have in pocket right now. And the other thing too, uh, that was announced with the earnings report, that new factory in Georgia. So there's been a well, not rumors actually. They confirmed that they were already looking for a second location for a factory in the U.S. Uh, Georgia was at the top list. And now with the release of the earnings report, they confirmed that they're going to build a factory just outside of Atlanta, just on the east side, um, a $5 billion electric vehicle factory to produce 400,000 vehicles per year. So how does that play with the earnings, what we just discussed in terms of the valuation of the company? So having deployed a ton, deploying a ton of production capacity that is not producing, that's what's capital hungry that's very capital extensive it, it, it requires a lot of capital and it doesn't bring any return until you ramp up production now they're already doing that with the first factory that's producing very little vehicle right now even though it's set up for 200,000 vehicles per year doing that with a second one seems like a very bad move because now you have two of these giant assets that cost you a ton of money and it's still costing you a ton of money and not bringing any profit um so it sounds like a bad move but uh, Rivian is doing it smartly. I think here, here's why they don't plan to start construction on this factory until summer of 2022. Um, and it's not going to produce any vehicle until 2024. So it's a big investment still, but the bulk of the investment is not going to come until the second half of next year. And even that probably more towards 2023. So by that time, Rivian expects to have ramp up production in Illinois, and 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 that's gonna be so. So the normal factory in Illinois is not gonna be as much of a, a financial strain on the company, and they're gonna be able to shift that strain to this one, and also they're gonna be able to take everything they learn from building up and ramping up Illinois, uh, the normal factory in Illinois. I don't think they're going to be in full production by the time they start construction there. But by the time that they start deploying production capacity in uh, uh, in Georgia, probably uh, later in 2023, then they should have a really good handle on their on the rim pop of production in normal, and uh, which should result for a much smoother experience in Georgia. So, with that in mind, I think they're gonna they're gonna be real uh, set real nice. However, I think between now. And when they start spending money on uh, on the Georgia factory, I think there's going to be a lot of financial pressure on the company. But again, with twenty billion dollars in the pocket, like they they can always like you know play with the faucet here and like slow things down if uh, money starts going out of the of the company too fast. 
But overall, very um very hype on what Rivian is doing right now. I'm just not ready to be an investor just yet, but I'm keeping an eye on it. And you know what? Maybe I'm gonna miss the boat too. Maybe maybe the, the even though I, I don't think I'm wrong in terms of like how much money they're gonna they, they're gonna burn. I think the, the burn is just starting. It's gonna be better, but maybe investor just won't care about it and and just the stock's gonna jump up before um they become sustainably uh, financially sustainable which happened with tesla so so you you don't know it's just that uh, that happened with tesla when tesla was worth a few billion dollars not when it was worth a hundred billion dollars so it's a it's it was a smaller uh risk for tesla i'd say but uh, good for georgia yeah, I, mean, I mean electric vehicle stocks in general just feel quite high like it doesn't feel like realistic, you know, tied to reality. Uh, so, you know, if there's a correction, I would definitely think about getting into Rivian, but it just feels like every EV stock is a little bit high and, you know, thank God I'm in a couple of them and I've been there for a while, but, um, you know, it just doesn't seem like right, right now is a great time. I mean, what, what the, the, it's still valued at like around a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. 85. I think it dropped to 85 with that 10% drop. Uh, I don't know how eighty-five much. billion dollars, and they've just put out their first few vehicles. I feel like that's pretty optimistic. I mean, that's what you know, almost as, almost as big as like VW. Just doesn't seem mm. real. Yeah, they they have this also the Amazon thing always hanging in the background. That's like a right. that's a very lucrative contract that they have, so it's always useful for them. But uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. A lot of uh, EV stocks are value. A shameless plug, though, with my uh, Zalcon green, uh, green investment ideas, I do try to find the ones that are actually quite cheap right now, that like uh, are undervalued, because you're right. The most of them are are, uh, are are super overvalued. But there's still a, a few gem in and on again that in the EV space that I think uh, I've yet to pop. Yeah, actually, I've, I got Valet from, from you on that. Made some good money on that so far. All right. Uh, next big EV news this week that, well, again, wasn't Tesla for a change, was the Ionic 5 pricing. And we ju- uh, was it last week that we uh, we kind of gave our... Uh, guesses. Uh, oh, yeah, our guesses or predictions on it. Uh, we were wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, you were, I was a little bit closer to, to the price, but I was, still, uh, I was still a little bit too high. So uh, very good news on that front. Uh, the uh, the Ionic Five, all the trims came out for the U.S. pricing, and uh, let me pull out the chart here. So the starting price is just under forty thousand dollars for the the standard range rear-wheel drive version. So the single motor with a smaller battery pack, and this is the only one with a smaller battery pack in the U.S. So they uh, they, they did it like that. We we know that the range drops significantly when you go all-wheel drive. So they they figure uh, with the the U.S. market not really hungry for vehicle over uh, under 200 miles of range which probably would have happened with the dual motor version they went with uh uh just the rear uh, rear rear motor rear wheel drive version for the 58 kilowatt batch pack which uh gives you an EPA estimated range of 220 miles of range for $40,000 it's uh it's a very good price and yeah. um, they won't be able to make Nearly enough of those for sure, because you you still get the 800 volt system. You still get extremely high charge rate, super fast charging. It's we we drove that one in uh, in Germany, like you talked about last week. It, it is a bit underpowered for what you're used to in electric vehicles. But again, we're used yeah. to mostly the higher end electric vehicles. If you're coming from someone who hasn't had an EV before, that's that that could be a great option for you because you're still gonna feel like it's quite pippy for 
uh, for a car that size, and uh, you still get the great form factor of the Ionic. I mean, n- not for everyone, but I think it's a great form factor uh, with um, 220 miles of range, which is uh, still good for. It still works well for uh, long distance travel because of the fast charging. Yeah, but then, okay, then you want a bigger battery pack with real drive. You get over 300 miles of range. We did release the EPA range last week. We already discussed them. Then the price goes up to $43,000. So a lot more expensive, but less expensive than uh, Model 3 rear uh, wheel drive uh, with the standard range battery pack. <laughs> so what's the price on that right now? It's it's the Model 3. I, think I don't know. It changes so much. Yeah. yeah I want to say it's like 44, 45. Why do I get the Model X? Put Model Three, and also like uh, you know, with the Build Back Better in in limbo right now, uh, you're pretty much guaranteed to get seventy five hundred back from Hyundai, even if nothing happens yeah. there. If our the U.S. government shuts down, uh, you still get seventy five hundred back from Hyundai because they they haven't hit their numbers yet. Although I have a feeling that they're going to hit two hundred thousand pretty soon. Yeah, for sure. This well, thing. it depends on how much they actually decide to allocate to the U.S. market, but. Still. That's true. So yeah, the Model Three rear-wheel drive standard range right now is uh, gives you 267 miles of range and costs for uh, forty-five thousand dollars. So here you get uh, the rear-wheel drive, so same thing, uh, a bigger battery pack with bi-directional charging. You get uh, more range based on the EPA standard at 203 miles, and you you, you save a thousand bucks. So this is starting to be like extremely attractive for people. Of course, you don't get the autopilot or like you don't get the full self-driving and everything like that. But you, 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 there's other things that you get. I mean, the, uh, in terms of autopilot, Hyundai has its equivalent of the smart cruise control. I mean, equivalent. I've never, I've never found it to be quite as good as autopilot for the most part. But uh, it, it does its job in terms of adaptive cruise control uh, for traffic situations. So in the traffic, it's pretty good. And uh, you do get that uh, vehicle-to-load capacity, which you don't in the Model 3, and that can be very useful. There's still not quite the uh, accessories that you need in the U.S. to deploy that, uh, but it's coming. That stuff's coming. And then have the car. You just unlock so much value in your vehicle just to have that capacity, at least. So whenever you can link it to the grid or to whatever load you want. Uh, it's there, and if you want to go camping or something like that, that that capability is already there. But for actual like house load and thing like that, it's a bit more complicated. Um, then okay, and then the first dual motor version, the SE. So this one gets you the all-wheel drive. Uh, the range drops down to two fifty-six, so you get an efficiency. That's kind of nuts. Yeah, the the, the I mean, big there's a big difference. Fifty miles. Yeah, it's a big difference. Uh, I mean, you remember when the first Tesla D event happened, and and they actually got better mileage with the all-wheel drive. Somehow. Yeah, that set the, the 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 tone for the dual motor kind of thing because the Tesla was the first to it, uh, like they are for right. most things. They were the first to it, and they set the tone that uh, if you get a dual motor and you do it smartly, you get more range out of it because then you have different efficiency for each motor, and then you use that um, where they're most efficient at. That's when that motor takes over. Right. It made a ton of sense, uh, but still then... Every other car has less efficiency on that, including Tesla. Tesla also has lost right. some efficiency on that too. So I don't know what happened there, to be honest. Like that, uh, go over my head a little bit. Yeah, fifty miles. It seems like something's wrong. Like that, they need to like 
go back to the firmware on that and figure out what happened. Yeah, but then losing fifty miles of range is crazy. Then you compare it to the Model Three, though. Like if you you have to go to uh, the Model Three dual motor version with the long battery pack, so you did get more range out of the Model Three a lot more at three hundred and thirty-four miles of range. But uh, it's a fifty-one thousand dollar car versus uh, forty uh, forty-seven thousand here for the. So the the charge like it's very consistent in terms of the pricing for the uh, for the Ionic Five here, like the the price that they had for the bigger motor and the price that they had for the uh, second second uh, the, the bigger batch pack and the second motor. Then they have the limited version, which is the the first one that they're going to deliver. It start at fifty thousand dollars. If you get the rear-wheel drive version, fifty-four uh, five hundred. If you get the, um, the 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 one with the dual motor, and the, those are the one with the bigger, uh, like three hundred and twenty horsepower too, which uh, a little bit pippier. Well, yeah, uh, very uh, very good news on uh, Ionic front with those prices. Which brings us to the. Kia EV6, which is kind of training a little bit behind the Ionic. We know that it's based on all the same technology on the same platform. You just have a different form factor, different brand on it. Uh, but uh, So we don't have the prices yet, though the Ionic 5 prices should give us a pretty good idea of the prices that uh, the, the EV6 is going to get. But this week, it's the um, EPA range that was released. So like in, that was last week for Ionic 5. So um, if, if they're consistent, I would expect we get... EV6 pricing next week, maybe something like that, and you it, it ends up being a little bit more efficient than the um, Ionic Five in that form factor. So the rear-wheel drive with the bigger battery pack gets you 310 miles of range, and uh, the then the the drop is also less significant for uh, the dual motor version that gets 274 miles of range compared to the 256 we just talked with Ionic Five. Yeah, it's a big. Big drop. Yeah, yeah. Or big big increase, I guess. Yeah. Smaller drop, bigger increase. Yeah, exactly. So if you want a little bit more efficient vehicle, and to be honest, I'm a bigger bigger fan of the form factor of the uh, EV6. Like, and I do love the Ionic oh, 5. Yeah. yeah, but I look it, at that. It's thrown on me too. It's, it's a yeah. good-looking car right there. I think the front yeah. end is just better than the, the Ionic 5, and, uh, and the rest is like equivalent, I would say. But uh, no, I think this one is going to be... Um, like if the, the to be honest, they might even like. I, th- I think the pricing is going to be a little bit higher up. They're going to they're charge a little bit of a premium for it. It's more efficient, and I I've, I I haven't conducted any poll or anything like that. But I think most people would agree with me that uh, it's better looking than any five. I don't know though. It's subjective. What about the Genesis? You think you think that would be uh, your GMP choice? Uh, the Gen- GMP or whatever that. The Genesis, uh, what is it called? The, the G80 or something? Uh, is it? Uh, I don't even yeah, remember geez. what. I don't remember what it would look like right now. Uh, it's a good-looking car. Yeah. By the way, uh, we should do our read real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. This episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest coast-to-coast ultra-fast charging network, with more than 650 charging stations and growing. It currently has plans underway for around. 800 total charging stations with more than 3,500 chargers to be completed by December of this year. And it plans to have more than 1,800 ultra-fast charging stations and 10,000 individual chargers installed by the end of 2025. That includes 50-kilowatt to 350-kilowatt chargers near highways, 50-kilowatt to 150-kilowatt chargers in metropolitan areas. The newly 
launched Electrify America mobile apps now offer contactless payments along with CarPlay and Android Auto integration, and you can save up to 25% on charging with the new Pass Plus subscription plans. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations, find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes, thank you, EA. Moving to GM. So GM announced today that the Armory EV uh, just started deliveries. And uh, we know that the, on the Chevy side, there's a Silverado electric coming. And now they announced a third electric pickup truck, the GMC Electric Sierra Denali uh, pickup truck. They released this teaser of the front hand here. Doesn't reveal much, but uh, looks looking good so far. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's um, the second GMC electric pickup truck, third GM electric pickup truck coming to market. They didn't say when it's coming to market. They did say that the they did uh, the unveiling. Uh, I thought that they released the date of the unveiling. I imagine there's going to be some at CES because you know, the Maribara is going to be. Yeah, the Silverado though is the one at the CES. So, I mean, unless but they those, gave us I mean, two, it's the same company. Yeah, but it's Chevy. It's a Chevy brand. I don't know. Maybe like if the, I mean, I'm not going to complain if they gave us two pickup electric pickup trucks at CES, but I kind of have my doubt. Uh, so you say it will be relieved, uh, re- revealed next year. They didn't say when next year, um, and they didn't say when it's going to market. They did say that it's going to be produced at Factory Zero uh, and at the Amtrak Hamtramck. Uh, did I misspell that Hamtramck? No, no, it's weird. Yeah, Amtramck. Amtramck, M- Michigan. Uh, Factory Zero is where they're producing also the Armor EV. So yeah, I mean, the- is the Denali going to be smaller than the? Uh- Silverado, or is it the same vehicle, basically? Uh, I think it's the uh, it's similar in size. It's just the Denali is like the luxury luxury version of it, kind of. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of. Well, I mean, I see it's the same in size, but I think they have the Denali like XT, and like they have also like bigger version. You have like uh, different cabin version and everything. But I think I think the in terms of base version, I think it's similar. All right, Toyota also like this is this is a pickup truck season, people. Uh, well, Toyota had the bigger like electric vehicle, battery electric vehicle announcement because we know at Toyota you have to be careful how they choose their word. They have the you they like that electrified word word. Uh, but now they made this announcement about their battery electric vehicle strategy, which has uh, taken the backseat to their hybrid and to their fuel cell initiative. But then now they uh, they kind of. Uh, Changed their tune a little bit, uh, but it's still a quite vague situation. They talked about rolling out 30 battery EV models by 2030, globally offering a full lineup of battery EV and passenger commercial segments. So basically what everybody else have been talking about for a while. But I mean, 30 EVs, though, uh, within the next 10 years or nine years, actually, it's uh, there's going to there's gonna be a lot coming fast, at least. Then they re- reveal this like lineup of vehicles here. So y- you have the... Uh, I mean, this is such a bad picture. I don't even know where the, is this one here. The Z, uh, the the BZ4X, I think so. Um, so the only one that's like really gonna be a production car that we know is, I think, is this one here. Like, I'm not even sure with this. Yeah, that looks more like it here. Uh, and then all of these other vehicles are apparently gonna be coming up. Are gonna be like this is early production rent uh, uh, concepts. 
and they're gonna get are production these, vehicles. Are what we're looking at is that a real picture? Or is I, that I, like a this is so photoshopped. I, I, I like uh, it could be a render, but they they were actual concept there. They were actual like early concept, but they so they actually built the yeah. But they might they there. they never uh, drove. They never rolled and that. So they might be all clay clay vehicles. Like we we, we don't know. But the one that caught our attention was, of course, the the pickup truck in the back here that they uh, they focused on. This nice little pickup truck. Uh, Toyota is a major manufacturer of pickup truck. I don't know; it's not always uh, we think about American companies for that, but they do produce a lot of pickup trucks. So the fact that they are getting... and that's more Rivian size, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. Tacoma. You know, smaller mm-hmm. than a F one fifty type. The only other vehicle that they focused on was a Lexus, uh, which but was actually the same Lexus prototype that they unveiled earlier this year. They just changed the name of the vehicle, but it was the exact same vehicle. So I know people like a lot of media were like reporting, oh, unveiled the new concept for the Lexus, but it was literally the same car that they unveiled earlier this year. They just changed the, like one letter in the name or something. But yeah, so a, a little bit cleaner, more uh, pro battery electric vehicle language coming out of toyota with this announcement but like it's super hard to get super excited about toyota battery electric vehicles because of what they've done before uh on that front all right we have a few more news items to discuss and then we're gonna jump into the comment section so if you have any question right now put them in all caps in the comments and we're gonna get to them in just a few minutes but uh here this one this one is for the people that have been following electric for a long time i don't know if you remember Crystal Electric. We were way back because they they were making a lot of the headlines because they were kind of uh, laughing at the German <laughs> at the German uh, automakers. They would they would take their existing cars, like uh, the biggest one was of course the Volkswagen Golf, where back when there was the E Golf, they they made like a better E Golf that Volkswagen could ever do, <laughs> uh, fitted a bigger battery pack and they're getting it more range, more efficient. And uh, that's what they did for the most part. They did a bunch of prototype projects. Uh, they grabbed a lot of headlines by making a, a G-Class and an electric Hummer for um, for Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they, they sold a million-dollar classic Porsche 9, uh, 910. They grabbed a lot of headlines back then, but then they went kind of quiet. They were still doing a lot of battery packs for other companies and things like that. They, their focus is really on the battery modules and battery packs technology. But now the big news this week is they got acquired by none other than John Deere. Uh, so the American tractor maker or tools maker, agricultural equipment maker, um, just a giant company. Of course, everyone knows John Deere. Uh, they, they didn't acquire the whole company, but they bought a majority stake. So they own most of it right now. And they said that uh, they're going to work together now to, uh, in their word, to develop high-density, high-durability electric battery modules in pack uh, to use in the company's patented battery technology uh, in their own vehicle lineup. So they, they didn't specify uh, any new vehicle that they could get it specifically, but uh, Mr. Pierre Guyot, I think is his name, uh, the, John, uh, the vice president of John Deere Power System, did have quite strong comment to make for uh, a company that doesn't really sell much EVs right now. He did say that um, in the very near future, uh, John Deere's turf equipment, pack construction vehicles, and some road building equipment will rely solely on batteries as a power source. So this is quite the statement here. A big part of uh, John Deere's lineup in the very near future is going to go completely all electric. 
So very good news on John Deere side. Uh, I mean, th- th- this is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big investment for uh, for farmers and for people that work on the land and construction and everything. But it's going to pay off so much over time. Like those that are doing well right now, it- it's going to be a big advantage for them because those that can afford a big investment like that, it, the the re- they need to do their math and everything. But the return investment should be pretty good because if you can cut down on all your fossil fuels. And uh, just get yourself like a nice solar system on your farm, and just charge all your equipment through solar. Like it's gonna, it, it, you're gonna save so much money. It's gonna be a big investment at first, too, so you're gonna be ready to do that. But once it's done, uh, you're gonna be big competitive advantage. Like those farms, are always looking like where can we cut some cost and everything, and it's this- yeah, and they have lots of space for solar panels. Exactly. All right, shifting to some Tesla news this week, there was a new Model S prototype that was spotted around Fremont Factory. We've been hearing rumors about it for a little while, but uh, like uh, Seth has heard that uh, there was a car that was spotted on Cato Road, but we couldn't confirm it. But now someone actually spotted it. Um, it's a tweet. AJ Sang, I think is uh, his name. I think that was the actual photographer and the, the guy who sent him in was the driver perhaps the Luli divert whatever okay it was, it was a little bit weird but yeah we we, 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 we had some issue tracking down the, the actual people behind the images but these are the images here like kind of, not great pictures uh admittedly but still you can clearly see the new headlights you can see there a trim missing here or it's a new design i don't know because again we don't see it well enough but it used to be like a, a, a another trim here that is not there but the biggest change here that raised some doubt about what is this new mobile S prototype for is this charge port here, which basically looks like a Model 3, Model Y charge port instead of the Model S one, which is normally like extremely small. It just fits perfectly to this uh, proprietary plug. Now it's it's as large as a Model 3 one. So raises some question. This this could be, we, we know that for the European Mobile S and X, Tesla is using the CCS plug. Uh, and it, it uses it's, it needs a bigger charge port, so maybe this is the European version. But Tesla just told the European buyers that the car won't be coming until like the second half of next year. So I don't know if that would be it. Now the other big rumor is like this is the next upcoming Mall S for the American market, but with CCS as a standard. Uh, we don't know that. Like this is just speculation based on the charge port. But it would be inter- it, would, it would be a big move though if they do that. It would be cool if it had both. I mean, you know, either way. Um, yeah, I mean that that space is pretty big, and I know on European or am I thinking Chinese model three and Ys they have two different charge ports in that in that model three Y charge area. Yeah. So theoretically, they could fit two two things mm-hmm. there. Um. You you did mention that uh, Tesla was telling Model S uh, buyers in Europe that they won't get their vehicles until the second half of the year. I think maybe I mean that does make a little bit of sense if if this is the car that they're going to have at the second half of the year, then maybe that's what they're waiting for. Oh, you mean if once they make the European version, they would also switch the American version to CCS? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, they're testing this car here, but, um, you know, they test all cars here. And this was, the guy said it was in Milpas or near, near Fremont. Um, 
not necessarily near the headquarters, but it just, it sounds like, um, if this is going to be the CCS version, that they're definitely going to want to wait in Europe for the CCS version because, you know, all Tesla chargers in Europe are CCS. So I don't know. Yeah. A couple, couple possible scenarios there. I also think that Tesla is really about making one version. So if they're going to make this version for Europe, I think it's probably also going to be the future U.S. version. Obviously, Tesla doesn't want anybody to know about that because people will wait to buy the new upgraded one. But mm-hmm. that, I think that's kind of what the plan is. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Gear Factory Texas. There was some news from uh, Elon Musk on on, on the uh, expansion, the the kind of size of the expansion that we can expect from Giga Factory Texas. Because uh, uh, production supposed to start any day now, just like last month, Tesla was still guiding for startup production by the end of the year. The end of the year is in two weeks, um, so technically production should start any day unless things change in the last month. Uh, but uh, there was some talk in the local media in Texas that, uh, as usual, like Tesla is just uh, siphoning subsidies for the government, and that's the reason they hate the Tesla of Tesla and blah 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 blah. Even though I think he got like sixty million dollars for the factory, which is like nothing compared to what he got from like Nevada, and pro- probably nothing to what other states offered Tesla to get this factory, and then Tesla still wanted to go to Austin. So <laughs> like, people shouldn't be complaining too much about it. But then Elon, in response to that, uh, said that Tesla is going to invest uh, over time over ten billion dollars in Gigafactory Texas, and. Uh, he expects Tesla to employ directly at least 20,000 people, indirectly over 100,000. The indirectly part is always super hard to actually like very quantify exactly. But normally, like you get 20,000 good paying job, 5x uh, indirectly uh, improvement. It's not completely out of the ordinary. It's just like super hard to prove. Uh, but 20,000 is a lot more. Like Tesla was probably guiding uh, 10,000 people working there which is still a lot. It's equivalent to what Tesla is employing right now in Nevada and, and uh, Gigafactory Nevada. So a lot of people and 10 billion is a lot too because we just reported last month or the, some, some filings revealed that Tesla had the budget a billion dollars for the first phase of the project to deploy Model Y production there. So you're going from that to over 10 billion. But we know that the, the project is, I mean, once they put like Cybertruck production there, just just that alone is probably like a two or three billion dollar investment just to deploy the production capacity of that. Uh, then there's the headquarters too that are apparently going to be at the site, so you're going to have to invest a lot of money there, and that also going to definitely help with the headcount there getting to twenty thousand. But uh, have we seen any uh, pictures of the headquarters building at all? No. Well, like like, like we talked, like the exact address bring you to like the trailer park where they have all the construction work. But that doesn't mean anything. It could, it could literally be in that building. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Like, the, the, the address is always weird when you have a new construction project like that. Yeah, I know Elon is very like hands-on, you know, likes to be on the factory floor type of thing. So maybe maybe HQ is just going to be like in the middle of the Yeah, factory. and that, that building is giant. Like it's a, right. Even the drone, the drone footage don't even uh, give it justice because because of the distance, if you look at the, uh, someone, a lot of people are posting pictures driving because the highway is right there. You can see the highway right there. You can see people posting pictures from the highway, just filming when they start seeing it 
And by the time they actually passed it, those are the most impressive picture because like they're driving forever <laughs> until they actually get past the single building. Uh, it, it's really impressive. Also, it's super tall. Like, look at those. This is this is a this is a semi truck right there that we see on that picture. Like, it, it looks like not even half as like big five, as the first floor, and you have three of those floors. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite the building. It's quite the building. Looks like you could land like a jet on top of it. Yeah, it looked like a runway. Yeah. If you put it flat, of course, it's supposed to have solar panels on it at some point. Can't land on solar. <laughs> no. Expensive, uh, expensive crash landing. Uh, um, yeah, yeah we, uh, we like to do a quick update about what's happening with the Build Back Better bill every week because of um, the implication for the electrical sector and especially the reform to the tax credit that's included in the bill. What we've been hearing from the Senate this week is that uh, they might pause the effort to pass the legislation this year because we know that the the what do you call it the session the uh, the uh, Senate session is going to end soon so it looks like they don't feel like they're going to be able to pass the bill uh, soon enough so we might not see it this year. It's a bummer, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen with it. Like how soon can they move back to it next year if uh, it's frozen forever? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Apparently that guy is the enemy number one for it. He's the he's the vote. Joe. Yeah. Joe Manchin. Because it's uh what is it in the Senate right now? It's like fifty fifty Democrats, Republican, and then uh, Harris as the as the veto, like a uh, the tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, the tiebreaker is the better word for it. Uh also the I think Kristen Cinema is also kind of a problem. She's a Democrat from Arizona, also kind of you know, on, on the, the fence. On the fence, put it nicely. All right. Uh, Let's jump into the comments and the questions right now. If you have any, just put them in right now. We're going to get to them in just a few minutes. Uh, We have, I think, fewer people in the stream since we started as unusual hour. But uh, we're going to get, we still have a few questions, it looks like. All right, should we jump in? Uh, Yeah, put them in all caps. So we, we, we're not, uh, I think you you just skip one in all caps, though, for instance. Oh, yeah, there we go. All right. Why Tesla doesn't support Apple CarPlay? It will make people so yeah. happy. Patricio yeah. Benedon. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I feel like it would be nice if that was an option. Um, certainly having your phone, like just kind of running the uh, maps and the, uh, it would be at least another option. Like if, uh, you, you know, you didn't want to have to do Tesla stuff, it would be nice if they could like run it in like a virtual space. But uh, Tesla doesn't want to do that. Um, I thought it was interesting when I talked to Rivian's uh, CEO, uh, RJ Scringe, about it. He was like, you know, as we look to the future, we really don't want to cede all of our interface to Apple and Google. Uh, we want to build that. We want to have that direct relationship with our customer. I think Tesla's kind exactly of the same Exactly the same. They're just not as open about it. Like, RJ's going to say it, but... Because, right. uh, and to be fair, that's actually an Apple move too. <laughs> like Apple is all about keeping you in the right. ecosystem and everything. So Tesla wants to do the same thing. Because if you remember, like a ways back, uh, if you've been following Tesla for a long time, like around 2016, 2015, Tesla was talking about that. Like Elon was like, yeah, we're working on phone mirroring. We're working on let you uh, use Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and all that stuff. And then they completely drop it. This idea now looks like, yeah, Tesla wants to own the entire user experience inside the car 
So, so yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and for that reason that RJ is saying, like, it's just, it's just, we want to control that experience inside the car, uh, not offset that to Apple. And if, if you are, uh, intentional about it and you're like, we want to do that because we think we can create a better experience and, and everything like, okay, that makes sense. It's just that a lot of automakers cannot do it. Like they, they have a long track record of having a very poor user experience in their car screen. Uh, so so the, it, it doesn't make sense for them. And for, for those automakers, like go for it then. Like make it the whole experience. And Paul, Polestar is the best example for that. They're like, all right, like let, let's just focus on the car side and give you the whole experience. And, and they went all in in it. Like the whole experience is on Android Auto. So uh it, it's it's not like it's google software in it um yeah and they're not the only ones like uh i mean they, they were the first i think but i think uh you know chevy ford no but there's a big difference um, with those or, you know, those GM. like allow you to put apple carplay and everything in it like paul star when like google can do this better than us let let them them then do it like it's the only experience inside the car if i'm understanding I think Ford, they, they don't have it now, but I think Ford and, and GM and I think Jaguar and Volvo, well, Volvo's yeah. part of, yeah, similar to Polestar, are all talking about having Android Auto experiences a standard? in the car. Mm. Not just oh. CarPlay. Yeah, not just CarPlay okay, and okay. Android Auto, but the you know Android for cars. So it's it's coming. I mean, these, these major software, com- or sorry, major legacy automakers don't know software. So they're just like, hey, we'll just have you know, we'll outsource it, and they don't realize that's kind of like the interface with the mm-hmm. the driver. They probably shouldn't be doing that, but eh, you know, maybe Apple or Google is better for that kind of stuff. All right, next question: When do you think Tesla will get into a production rate of a hundred? Sorry, a thousand cyber trucks per week. Uh, well, they haven't gotten an assembly line yet. Yeah, so. I mean, if. Uh... Look, I don't know more than Elon Musk, obviously, about Tesla. So, if he it's, normally you're, you're, it's safe to uh, put a little bit delay on uh, Elon's timeline, but right now, if they are aiming to start production by the end of the end of next year, uh, that's one thing that Tesla is obviously better than anyone at is ramping electric vehicle production to high volume. They are better than any other automakers to do it. So, well, they're the only yeah, ones they've done, done it in kind of the kind of scale. Yeah, BW. So, so yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, not too far out. I, like the the, uh, the problem with the Cybertruck, of course, is that there's a lot of technology too that that even that Tesla doesn't know how to do yet. So uh, the whole exoskeleton and things like that. So that might be an issue. But once they do figure it out, it's gonna go fast. So to be safe, I would say uh, probably sometime in the second half of 2023. I would say. Yeah. Safe bet. Ish. I don't know. Does the Onyx 5 SE or base trim, does it have the glass roof? I don't really want a glass roof in the hot, bright Southwest. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm look, I didn't write the post about the Onyx 5 this week, so I'm looking at the, all the trims here. Um, the top tier limit trip chip has on of the heads up display. How. They don't. They talk more. The difference is more the technology inside, like the driver assist control and the heads-up display. There's no word on the on the glass roof. I mean, the glass roof are, are they, they are treated with uh, anti-UVs and, and and stick like that. So so 
it's not that big of a, it's a bit harder but not that much harder to be honest like i i don't live in the southwest but uh, the the summers are pretty hot here and uh, i think i've only have cars with glass roof for the past five years never had a problem yeah all right um here we go any comments on times person of the year elon musk and it, I think I think it's Elon's who needs Elon's baby that's asking to its ex. Ex is asking. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, he sorely needs the ego boost. I'm I'm so glad. I mean, you read the piece, like so. That's one thing yeah. that people need to understand. Like the time person of the year, like like Adolf Hitler with time person of the year. It's not it's not it's not necessarily a, a good thing. Good it's someone bad. that was like extremely news. I'm not comparing Elon Musk to Adolf Hitler, obviously. I'm just saying, like, like times that as two things, they have the person of the year, then they have the hero of the year. You want to be the hero of the year. You don't necessarily want to be the person of the year. Now, Elon took it well, like he, the first of the year. You participated in the whole times thing, and he was there for the interview, and was there for the, I think I think he was interviewed for the piece and everything. So, I, I mean, the piece wasn't bad on Elon either. Like, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't actually super good either. Like, I think the the whole uh, right. The whole takeaway is like he's an awesome leader that's doing great things for the world, which I completely agree with. But he, he's also incapable of taking criticism and all that stuff, which is also I think fair. So, <laughs> so it was it was a fair piece overall. I think I think it was it, it was it was good. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. he also won. He also won the uh, Financial yeah. Times, which makes more year, sense because which... uh, he brought one of this company became a trillion dollar company this year, so he's doing. He's doing good on that front. He's the richest man in the world right now and uh, whatnot. So that makes more sense to me. All right. Uh, do you think Tesla can maintain the original pricing for the Cybertruck by the nope. time it Next is released? Next question. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I mean, they yeah. already, they already removed close. the pricing from the website. Uh, there was a ton of inflation over since since uh, the price were released. Like, it's just almost impossible for them to keep those prices. And even before any of what I just said, People were already super skeptical about the forty thousand dollar base price too. So, yeah. Uh, so Sebastian Perlowski has a two part question mm-hmm. here. Uh, why can Teslas have two charge ports on two sides of the car? I think you meant can't CCS and Tesla charge ports. Um, it's a good question. Uh, Porsche on their Taycan actually has a charge port on each side. Uh, one is just a uh, level two charge port, and one is a uh, one for a level three. Kind of nice, depending on you know where your garage charger is. If you want to pull in backwards, and you can use the level three for level um, two too. If you just don't put the CCS plug, right? Can you? Only only one side has yeah. a CCS capability, but you can use both sides as yeah. a level two plug. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. I don't know if you can oh, do both okay. at the same yeah, time. I'm not though. saying that. Yeah. Actually, I should find out. That's kind of an interesting situation. All right. Has there been any talk of a Tesla switching to 800-volt architecture? Um, what they're at, I think on the uh, the Plaid, they said something about 500 volts. Um, so yeah, they made it a bit, bit of a step I don't think up it's 500. Uh, or yeah, or something. Tesla has been like inching up like gradually with the, with, with the voltage on their powertrains. Uh, I think it's 480 the plan. I'm not even sure though. I, I would need to to go back and check. They're not they're not advertised that that much. But we, I mean, the the pack has already been this, this deconstructed and everything. So I want to say 480, but 
not cool with me on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, AR and Vault makes a ton of sense for bigger vehicles like uh, like the Cybertruck. Uh, you, you're going to want to have it to achieve a higher charge rate on those. And um, it's just easier to achieve the higher charge rate on the 800 volt. And then from there, maybe Tesla's going to go down market and introduce the technology in other vehicles. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, 800 volts makes a lot of sense because you can get uh, faster charging, uh, smaller wiring. Uh, stuff like that, but um, yeah, we'll see. All right, so uh, our friend uh, David from the Tesla Wealth Podcast asked, "Why do you think Elon talks about only 20k employees in Texas?" Only that's a, yeah. When we heard from German government leaders about up to forty, assuming thousand new jobs at Giga Berlin after talking to Tesla. Uh, greetings from Germany. Well, uh, I think the German leaders are <laughs> probably uh, uh, going a bit crazy with 40,000 jobs. I mean, the, the Gigafactory Berlin is going to be huge, but I, do you even want 40,000 people working in the same spot? Uh, it sounds like a logistic nightmare, like complete nightmare. Like Even even uh, Giga Nevada right now at, at 10,000 people, like it's it, and there's like just two main routes go, going there. It's already like a super complicated for the logistics. Like, of course, if you have the, there's going to be a train station at Gigabarin that's going to help. Uh, but even then, like commuting, uh, of course, forty thousand people is going to be on a few different shifts. But still, it's it's so many people converging in the same spot. Maybe there's uh, like an accounting thing. Idea. You know, we talked about how Tesla directly employs twenty thousand people, but that means that they're going to yeah employ a hundred thousand in tertiary things maybe it's just counted differently in german i don't know yeah yeah because it, just twenty thousand directly at giga texas it's massive like it, this change even for a, a fairly large city like uh like austin and uh which you know, a few million people metro area probably i don't even know uh, but twenty thousand job like can change Good paying job can change the whole city. Like it, it, it's it's a it lifts up everyone. Um, so yeah, I mean, forty thousand that sounds that sounds a bit excessive to me, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, Tesla is already employing a hundred thousand people. It's growing at an incredible rate. That's uh, it's becoming like such a major company that um, I would like to see the rate of employees at Apple, like how fast Apple added employees versus tesla that would be an interesting thing to look into it'd be nice if they had, you know one of those reddit guys data is beautiful subs did one of those like yeah you know 2011 2012 2013 yeah. and they have like the graphs that are moving mm. that'd be pretty cool to see yeah yeah that's a cool sub that is beautiful on, the, on reddit all right well that's pretty much it we need to let set go uh so we're we gonna end the podcast right there but thanks everyone for watching and if you enjoyed the show please give us a thumbs up on your uh app that you're watching right now if you're watching audio only uh we did get some good reviews last week some five-star reviews and some good comments that we really appreciated if you do like the show and only if you do please do that that helps the show a lot uh more than you can think and it's free to do um that's it i hope you guys have a safe week safe weekend and now uh, we're going to see you on the same place, same place, but not exactly the same time. We should be back at 4 p.m. Eastern time next week. We'll see. We'll let you guys know. Have a good one.